0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible
1: teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at the instructions Moses gave for the regular appointed offerings that were a sweet aroma to the Lord. Remember that God takes note of all that we offer to Him. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Darrell continues in Numbers chapter 28
0: on Simply the Bible. As we come to Numbers 28 and 29, I must confess to you that I've questioned the value of these two chapters. They are tedious as they list all the sacrifices offered daily, weekly, monthly, and on the special feast days. What significance do they have to us living under the new covenant? As I've wrestled with this question and studied, I believe the Lord has given me some insight and I'm actually excited to share it with you today. We pick it up in Numbers 28. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the children of Israel and say to them, My offering, my food for my offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to me, you shall be careful to offer to me at their appointed time. These offerings have been given before. So why are they listed here again? True, it was a new generation and perhaps they needed to be reminded. But verse 2 really is key to understanding chapters 28 and 29. The Lord is speaking and the words my or me appear five times. My offering, my food, for my offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to me you shall be careful to offer to me at their appointed time. It is obvious that these offerings are for the Lord. God did not want his people to forget about him. Now, during the 40 years in the wilderness, the children of Israel were prone to forget about God. Life had been hard. Many of their countrymen had perished in the plagues. And all that generation 20 years and older that left Egypt had perished in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb from the older generation would enter the promised land. While they were in the wilderness, no mention is made of offerings being made to the Lord. So much was said of the offerings while they were at Mount Sinai, and so many sacrifices were offered there that they are conspicuously absent during this span of 38 years. We have a window into the spirituality of this period through the prophet Amos. Amos 5.25 says, Did you offer me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? You also carried Sikath, your king, and Kayan, your idols, the star of your gods which you made for yourselves. The Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, translates Sikath as the tabernacle of Moloch and Kayan as, was a pagan deity thought to be the planet Saturn. So during the time that they were supposedly the Lord's covenant people, they were in fact making and worshiping idols. If this was the way they treated the Lord in the wilderness, then how would they treat him when they crossed the Jordan River and had many battles to fight? Would they make it their priority to worship Yahweh? God thought it was necessary to remind his people Of all the appointed offerings. Now, how does this relate to us? I believe the application is this. As the children of Israel were prone to neglect worshiping the Lord, so are we prone to neglect our worship of God. Our neglect of worship consists of failing to center our worship on the person and work of Jesus Christ. Much of what passes for worship is really all about us. We may not worship Molech or Saturn, but we so naturally enthrone ourselves. Our standard of worship is whether we are blessed. Is the music too fast or too slow? Are they singing the songs I like? Are there too many hymns or too many contemporary songs? Is it too loud or too soft? Is the worship leader leading or is he performing? Then after we've entertained such thoughts as these, we say that we have worshiped the Lord. Really? I find this key verse in chapters 28 and 29 to be the central theme that worship is purely for the Lord. But there is something else that is central to these chapters. It has to do with sacrifices. There are 71 verses in Numbers 28 and 29, 13 allude to sin offerings, and 58 concern sweet savor offerings, consisting of burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings. How are we to relate those sacrifices to us today? Very simply, every sacrifice pictures Jesus. The sin offerings picture His work for us on the cross to redeem us from our sins. They are God's great gift to us. For greater love has no one than this, to lay down His life for His friends. And Christ laid down His life for us to forgive us of our sins. Whenever you come across a sin offering in the Bible... It points to the cross, and the cross is the everlasting signpost of God's love for us. That's what Romans 5.8 says. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But what are we to make of the burnt offerings, of which these two chapters and numbers are chock full? They picture the consecration of Christ to God. This truth is brought out in Hebrews 10:5 through 7 Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. The sacrifices of bulls, rams, and goats was insufficient to satisfy God. They were only sufficient inasmuch as as they foreshadowed the greater sacrifice of Christ. God prepared a body for His Son, but the ultimate purpose of that body was to be offered as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. The crisis to offer His body occurred for Jesus in Gethsemane when He prayed, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, the heavens were opened and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then again on the mountain where Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, and a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased, hear him. But God was most pleased in his son's willingness to offer his own body. We read in the last two verses of Isaiah 53. He shall see the labor of his soul. That is, God shall see the labor of the soul of his servant, Jesus Christ. And be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. God was pleased in the offering of his son. Therefore, the sweet aroma of the burnt offerings had nothing to do with the smell of barbecued meat. It had everything to do with picturing the willing sacrifice of Christ as an act of pure devotion to his Father. But God wanted his people to share in this remembrance. And that is why on the eve of them entering the promised land, he reminded them that these appointed offerings were to be perpetually offered to God. They were his offerings, foreshadowing the offering of his Son They could not and must not be neglected. Verse 3, And you shall say to them, This is the offering made by fire, which you shall offer to the Lord, two male lambs in their first year without blemish, day by day, as a regular burnt offering. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, the other lamb you shall offer in the evening. And one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a grain offering mixed with one-fourth of a hymn of pressed oil. It is a regular burnt offering which was ordained at Mount Sinai for a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord, and its drink offering shall be one-fourth of a hen for each lamb. In a holy place you shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. The other lamb you shall offer in the evening. As the morning grain offering and its drink offering, you shall offer it as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. These were the daily burnt offerings of two spotless male lambs, one in the morning, one in the evening. Each lamb was offered with a grain offering of two quarts of fine flour with one quart of pure olive oil and a drink offering of one quart of wine. As I've already mentioned, the burnt offering speaks of Christ offering his body. The grain offering speaks of fellowship and the wine speaks of joy. Verse 9, and on the Sabbath day, two lambs in their first year without blemish and two tenths of an ephah of fine flour is a grain offering mixed with oil with its drink offering this is the burnt offering for every sabbath besides the regular burnt offering with its drink offering on the sabbath they offered two lambs in the morning and two at night along with the grain and drink offerings the sabbath speaks of the rest we have in christ we rest from our own works of the law for salvation and for righteousness. Christ is our Sabbath, for he is the end of the law for righteousness. How wonderful is this rest that we have by faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 11. At the beginnings of your months, you shall present a burnt offering to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year without blemish. Three tenths of an ephah of fine is a grain offering mixed with oil for each bull. Two tenths of an ephah of fine flour as a grain offering, mixed with oil, for the one ram, and one tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb, as a burnt offering of sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Their drink offering shall be half a hin of wine for a bull, one third of a hin for a ram, and one fourth of a hin for a lamb. This is the burnt offering for each month throughout the months of the year. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to the Lord shall be offered besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offering now their calendar was lunar so the new moon was the beginning of every month and periodically they would throw in an extra lunar month to correct the calendar so in addition to the morning and evening sacrifices at the beginning of the month they would offer two bowls one ram and seven lambs as burnt offerings along with their associated grain offerings and drink offerings Finally, we come to the first mention of a sin offering, which was one kid of the goats, and that would be offered in addition to the other offerings. These perpetual sacrifices were God's offerings, God's food for his offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to the Lord. The children of Israel were to be careful to offer them to God at their appointed times. They were the expressions of worship and constant reminders to Israel that they were God's covenant people. But most importantly, they were a sweet savor to God of the fragrance of the sacrifice of His Son. If we would be the worshipers that God seeks, then we must be careful to faithfully honor Him with the worship He desires. That is worship in the Spirit that is focused on the person and work of Jesus Christ. This worship is a sweet savor to God and a perpetual reminder to us of Christ's amazing love.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com. Click on Program Archives and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow we conclude Moses' instructions for the appointed offerings by looking at the Fall feasts and their offerings. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Book of Numbers on Simply the Bible.